Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 242. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, listeners, subscribers, and members of the Moonshots family. Welcome to an action-packed episode 242. Mike, I mean, it's fair to say that if I'm meant to be the uh, the co-host, the man of the hour, this individual that we're diving into is the man of the century, the MVP Oof. of many, many different uh, sports, or at least different approaches to mindset, isn't it? Well, Mark, let's just start with this man has a lot of silverware in uh, the cabinet. Um, This show is going to be a total slam dunk because I think we are going to study one of the basketball and mindset greats. That's right. Today, listeners and subscribers, we're diving into Kobe Bryant, and he's very well known and very associated with this idea of the Mamba mentality which for those who are watching at home, you can obviously see the cover of Behind Us. Now, interestingly, Mike, you know, as you just said, Kobe Bryant was well-renowned for his uh, skills on the court specifically, but also this idea of mentality, this way of thinking, this approach to mindset was something that was really associated around Kobe Bryant throughout his career. And it's obviously perfectly uh, encapsulized within this book. But it's quite interesting because of how many lessons that I think you and I are going to run into over the course of this show and how many similarities we've probably seen and confined with a lot of the other individuals that we've covered on the Moonshot show, don't you think? I, I do agree. And I've got, I've got a crazy proposition for you and all of our listeners, viewers, and members. If you liked the Michael Jordan show, then you're going to get some similar and one or two different ideas about mindset. If you liked the Carol Dweck Mindset Show, you're still really going to love it, even if you're not a basketball fan. And if you have a huge amount of respect for someone like Albert Einstein, you're still going to love this show because Kobe and Einstein did many of the same things to achieve their greatness, and we are going to unpack them Together with you, our listeners, members, and viewers, we're going to get into it. We're going to learn out loud because in Kobe, we have a great teacher. We can learn. We can grow. We can be the best version of ourselves. Mark, I'm so excited. Sounds like your dog's excited. We got to get into this. Yeah, you know what? It's funny, Mike. I cannot wait to get started. So let's put aside all the rest of the intro and pass it over to Kobe Bryant himself, who's going to help us understand how to get better each day. Mama mentality is it's a it's a way of life. It's not an attitude per se, but it's a way to live, which is just trying to get better every single day. It's not something where you you know you live with like a bravado or anything like that. It's just it's just the simplest form of just trying to get better at whatever it is that you're doing. Yes, Players like Kyrie Irving, players like Giannis. I mean, these are guys that are really working to strive to do that. Oh, wow. Kyrie, the killer. Andre DeCompo. Oh. The league is in good hands. And you see the improvements in their game from it. And that, that's all my mentality is, is just trying to get better every single day. Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players to play the game. All right, so this idea of getting better every day 
you know, you can find that in growth mindset. You can find that in stoicism as well. Mm. You can find this in Japanese culture of continuous improvement, Toyota, Kaizen. This is a pattern that you and I completely see, whether it's on the sports field, in the boardroom, or at home, this idea of continual improvement. David Goggins even says, if you're not continually improving, if you're not moving forward, you're moving back. I mean, what a big moonshot mindset of continuous improvement, Mark. I mean, it really is one of those core facets that we run into each and every show, Mike, or at least in the ones that stand out to us the most. Because I think where you know, the mumba mentality and where Kobe Bryant's really coming from in that opening clip and where we're going to explore further today is this DNA. This DNA, once you strip away the ability to cope with waking up at 5 a.m. every day or the ability to get up when you get knocked down and put up with failure or be comfortable with saying no, all of these avenues, I believe, are layers that live on top of our foundation, which is having that single-minded clarity when it comes to your mindset. Obviously, we dug into that a little bit with Shane Parrish last week with Clear Thinking. I think where the member mentality really stands out for me already is just, and we've only had one clip, Mike, is just how purposeful I think Kobe Bryant was and how clear he was with regards to that goal of getting better each and every day. Because then he knew, what am I going to do today? Regardless of whether it's Monday or Sunday, There's always something I can do to keep on improving. Now, another adjacent thought here is we did a show on the compound effects by Darren Hardy, which is more of an entrepreneurial take on the same thing. But if you come back to this idea of continually wanting to be better each day, the beauty of it is that you only need to be fractionally better tomorrow than you were today. Mm. But the crazy thing is if you do that every day of the week, By the end of the week, you're like, oh, I'm actually, whatever I am trying to get better at, maybe you can notice the difference or maybe it takes a month. But for sure, when you look at that over 365 days of the year, then you go like, whoa, man, I am substantially better at this thing than I was a year ago. And that's that's the dark hidden secret of being just 1% better every day is you don't see it in the short term. And that's why most of us give up. But if you stay the course, Mark, this is how we do it. So my question for you is, if you're trying to be better at something each day, how do you try and do it? How do you incorporate this into your practice? Whatever it is, what comes to mind? Like what's your go-to formula? I think I really focus on reflection. I think it's trying to persevere and trying to stay aligned with what it is that I'm trying to do. Let's say it's get better each day. I'll try and be reflective. And one of the ways that I do that, Mike, is through having to-do list. You know, we've obviously spoken about Todoist and and our productivity apps and hacks a fair amount on the show. Um, but honestly, that is one of the key things that actually helps me stay grounded. And I think one of the things that's helped me. Uh, remember and try and consider the idea of getting 1% better each day is through having something that's intentional. So having an app that's on my phone and my computer that I've got open most of the time that not only I will store the things that I need to do, such as um, 
you know, remember to what to pack to take on holiday or something like that, or an email or a client that I've got to hit back. But it, within those practical elements, I've also got things such as it's okay to uh, be afraid each day or areas and mantras that we've spoken about on the show before that will help me try and consider, much like Kobe was saying, how to get better each day. So by exposing myself to that repeat, I suppose you could say repeat prescription almost of seeing those mantras, that's, I think, what helps me try and encourage myself to stay the course and to try and get that little bit better each day. So what about you? So check this out, Mark. I'm just looking at my daily to-do list. These are these are items that recur every single day for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Walk, deliver one high-value thing, mm-hmm. quality moment with my wife, eat well, work from a standing desk, journal, check the bank account, sleep well, breathing four, seven, eight, 10 minutes of meditation. These are recurring daily tasks in my to-do list. So I get a thing saying, hey, Mike, have you done these things? (laughs) That's how I try and keep myself um, getting 1% better every day. And I think, how, how long do you think it takes for you to, how long does it take for it to become normal to do something every day for you? Well, look, we, we've we've done a lot of shows on those type of experts who have done this research. And I think, you know, such as James Clear and Darren Hardy, as you've already mentioned, Mike, I think that for me personally, it needs to be more than a week. Oh, probably two, two to three. Oh, I'm way more. I'm way more. I'm like 30, if not 60 days. And it's probably not until 90 days where I reach the point that if I don't do it, it feels really weird. Yeah. I think for me, if I, and I'm, I've got my mantras open here. One of them is every experience makes you a greater being by Michael A. Singer. It's one of the clips that we, one of the um, quotes that we had in one of our many, many shows. I'm sure many of our listeners and subscribers have <laughs> might need some help finding well. out which one that was. Yeah, I'm sure they can tell us. But for me, I need to be able to see that mantra for a couple of weeks, probably hit, hit done, maybe once or twice along the way. But I need it to almost have an element of um, not guilt. That's the wrong word because I don't think motivations really comes greatly from guilt. I want to see it and I want to hold myself accountable for it. So if I've seen it in my to-do list for, let's say, three or four weeks, then I start to realize I haven't deleted this. This shows intention. It shows that I do want to carry on with it, in which case I'm now going to give it more gravity. I'm now going to give it more energy. Yes. So there's almost like those different phases, I suppose, of of committing to something. You've kind of got to go through the teething period, the That's honeymoon right. phase. Am I going to stick with it all the way through to then putting it into practice? But even adhering to it, Mark, what I've noticed is on some really busy days that I have forgotten some of my basic recurring habits. And then you look at it mm. the next day and go, oh, Oh, I should have gone for a walk yesterday. I didn't walk. I can't believe that. Mm. I was just so busy. I just didn't even, it did, you know. So this shows you that it is quite precarious. We talk about being, you know, better every day or 1% better or this idea of continuous improvement. Mm. You have to manage that 
You have you can't just sign up for it in a laser fair way. You've got to be systematic and reminding yourself. And like we learned with David Allen, getting things done. The brain is a terrible computer. We forget stuff. We 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 misplace things. So we need things like stickies, to-do lists, to jump in front of us and say, whoa. You need yeah. to take out the trash. You need to do your <laughs> breath work. You need to stretch today. Like you got to do it every day and you need the systems in place to get the job done, right? Yeah, those systems, it's exactly what you've got uh, to have lined up and what's great. And I think we've got a bunch of really interesting, unique clips and tricks and hacks and advice that comes from Kobe and this idea of the member mentality ahead of us today, Mike. Um, I think we're going to really scratch the surface of helping ourselves get into this practice every single day. What, what do you think it would be like being a member of the Moonshots podcast every single day? I think being a member would be liberating. It would be uh, energetic. Enthralling. Enthralling. It would be unique um, because you get access to so much additional unique stuff. I know. Um, But fundamentally, Mike, I think the real benefit is um, you get a whole lunar-powered dose of of good karma. And that's something that I don't think you can put a price on, actually. Exclusively Um, available from our membership uh, page, I believe. That's it. Exactly. So if this all sounds so good that nobody wants to miss out, listeners, please pop along to moonshots.io and click on the big button of become a member. And actually, you can join not only the individuals that we have with us for each day, month, week, and year, but you can also get your own personal roll call every single episode. So please, without further ado, welcome in our members, including Bob, Ken, Dietmar and Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Lisa and Sid, Mr. Bonjour, Paul, Berg and Kalman, Joe, Christian, Samuela, Barbara, Andre, Chris and Deborah, Lasse, Steve, Craig and Daniel, Andrew, Ravi, Evert and Karen, Raul, Nicaragua, Ingram, Dirk and Harry, all of whom are our annual members. Thank you so much, guys, for continuing to be on the Learning Out Loud journey or this spaceship with us as we chart through the solar system of, of advice and unique ideas. But hold on those heels or hold on those uh, rocket tails are Karthik, Venkata, Marco and Jet, Roger, Anna, Roar, Nimelen, James, Diana, Wade, Christoph, Denise and Laura, Smitty, Corey, Gayla and Bertram, Daniela and Mike, Dan, Antonio, Vanessa and Zachary, Katty, Austin, Fred and our brand new member, Mike. Lorenz. Thank you so much, Lorenz, for joining us and joining this spaceship of unique individuals out there in the world. Yes. And as we traverse the galaxy, we come across many challenges running a podcast like this. So we are very grateful for your help, for your support. And I would say that more than anything, your support helps us be very prepared for what's to come. Wouldn't you say, Mike? That's right. And actually, Mike, you know who else needs to be prepared? It's sports stars. It's individuals who are in the limelight each and every day. So we've got a great breakdown this time coming from Keynote Knowledge, who's going to go into in quite some depth one of the key principles from the member mentality. So let's hear this idea on rituals and the concept of being prepared. An NBA game typically lasts for 48 minutes, but Kobe's commitment went far beyond those playing minutes. He invested countless hours in preparation and training to ensure he was at his best on the court. Recognizing the significance of both physical and mental agility, 
Kobe incorporated exercises and routines into his pre-game regimen that targeted both his body and mind. Kobe's game would start hours way before the first whistle. He approached his practice sessions strategically, recognizing the importance of honing his skills in every aspect of the game. He understood that by focusing on fundamental techniques, he could gain a competitive advantage over other players who often overlooked these basics. For instance, while others may have prioritized practicing flashy dribbling crossovers, Kobe concentrated on optimizing his footwork to efficiently navigate the court, conserving energy while swiftly reaching his desired positions. Versatility was another key element in the Black Mamba's training philosophy. Having a diverse skill set afforded him two major benefits. Firstly, when faced with opponents who had extensively studied his strengths and tendencies, Kobe could catch them off guard by altering his direction and pace unexpectedly. Secondly, even when dealing with injuries, he could adapt his playing style, such as using his non-dominant hand, and still deliver a formidable performance. Maintaining control over the game was a central focus for him. He extensively studied players from across the league, familiarizing himself with their strengths and weaknesses, allowing him to strategize accordingly when facing them. Talented opponents never intimidated him. Instead, he adjusted his approach accordingly to neutralize their impact on the game. In addition to physical preparation, Kobe placed significant emphasis on mental and emotional training. Recognizing the potential distractions caused by emotional fluctuations, he made a conscious effort to remain calm and keep his attention firmly on the game. Unlike many other players who incorporated music into their pre-game rituals, Kobe customized his preparation based on the specific mindset he aimed to cultivate for the upcoming game. If he anticipated a high-energy contest, he listened to music that would ignite his intensity. Contrarily, if he sensed the need for calmness and unwavering focus, he turned to soothing melodies. Occasionally, Kobe embraced absolute silence, immersing himself in the ambiance and absorbing the surrounding sights and sounds. This habit had been ingrained in him since childhood, but it gained further significance when he played under the guidance of Phil Jackson, who introduced him to the concept of viewing it as a form of deliberate meditation. Another common ritual Bryant shared with one of the goats in soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo, is that while many players hurried off to shower and change after a game, Kobe immediately began his preparation for the next one. He dedicated time to recovery investing 20 minutes after each game and practice to ice his knees and shoulder, effectively reducing muscle inflammation. This unwavering commitment to preparation formed an unending cycle that ensured Kobe was always ready for the challenges ahead. Yeah, so this to me, be prepared. Like if you're not into basketball, you might be thinking, well, what can I learn from this? But I, I take from this, Mark, like, hey, I've got a meeting. Am I prepared? Hey, mm. I just had a meeting. Am I making sure that I share the notes and the actions so everybody knows how to follow up? Um, mm. It's the day before the meeting. I'll reach out to everyone and make sure they're ready for the meeting. They've done their part to prepare for the meeting. These are things that we can all do. And like it got a lot of NBA championships for him. But what you also pick up on a little bit is that when you're prepared, you don't experience high degrees of stress, you experience mm. excitement, anticipation, 
He wasn't scared of some new player who was performing very well. He was excited to match up against them because he had researched the player. He'd he'd done his homework. He knew how they play. He was maybe a little bit nervous, but you can kind of tell that transition of what preparation does for you is it moves you into excitement. You don't need to be nervous because it's not a big unknown. Mm, that's right. I mean, how liberating is that idea when you've got a, a a difficult moment, maybe even like a crucial conversation, as we've learned on the show before, when you are going into a type of uh, environment where you need to be a little bit delicate, or maybe, as we just heard in that previous clip, there's another environment where you need to have a lot of energy. Each of those individual battles, each of those moments will have a slightly different casting and a slightly different role that will have to roll out. What I think is really interesting here is you need to be aware of it. Make sure to take ownership, right? Because each day, each moment, each event is going to elicit some kind of different reaction. So knowing that ahead of it in advance not only puts you in a better uh, space and a better headspace to be able to go and perform in the manner that you need to. But also, I think it just, like you say, relieves that stress and anxiety that comes with not having had enough preparation, whether that's writing down the agenda, writing down a script of what you want to say to somebody. Maybe it's a big presentation. You might even have a narrator notes or maybe a Q&A document just in case the brand or the client or the individual that you're speaking to might raise a question knowing already, having already planned, what would be the obvious question that somebody might ask here? Knowing those answers and having them to one side just in case, suddenly you'll feel so much more relieved yes. and you perform better. Yes. Yeah, and it's like this being prepared. I think that really starts with, as you were talking, the big thing that struck me was this idea that you need to ask yourself, like, how do I want to turn up? How do I want to show up at that mm. meeting, presentation, sports game, performance, whatever it is? Like, it's a really interesting question. Like, how do you want to show up? Highly yeah. engaged, excited. Like what we saw there from Kobe was sometimes yeah. he needed to be super chill and calm, right? Yeah. And even if, like, if you have a sense of a meeting being, is it a sensitive meeting? Is it a controversial meeting? Is there a lot of excitement in the meeting? And therefore, how would you need to show up in order to get the best result for the team? Mm. This is such an interesting question. And I have to say, and I've been victim of this, not thinking about this nearly enough. Like, you do your work and you just show up and see what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. And I, th I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head for me as well, because generally I'll go in as myself. I'll go in with a bit of confidence. I'll try and make sure that the ideas are uh, communicated correctly. Maybe I'll have a, an extra cup of coffee before going in. So I'm um, awake and, and considerate and paying attention. But fundamentally, the behavior or the approach will be pretty typical, rather than thinking a little bit more uh, strategically about what the audience will be or what the audience are expecting, and really thinking about that in a different way as uh, part of that preparation ritual. So I think there's, there's something there that really stands out to me, actually. 
this idea of knowing and studying, much like Kobe did, the players on the other side of the pitch, the other side of the of the um, of the tournament, even knowing the different players and maybe even different leagues and how they react, just puts you again ahead of the competition, ahead of those other players, so that you can stand out and be that best version of yourself, as Kobe was telling us. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said here for creating enough time and space in your day to ask yourself how you want to turn up and then how should you behave in order to get that result. Um, And sometimes we don't always have that time. And I think that's where some reflection and some week planning. So when you look at your week and you go, oh, I've got a big thing on Thursday and it's Monday now, okay, Mm. that's a really good way to start getting uh, on top of things. Another way to get on top of things is like leaving a review in the Apple Podcast app or answering the episode Q&A in Spotify. I mean, we love when our audience gets involved, Mark, and Mm -hmm. definitely the members do on Patreon, but we need to see some more action um, in the Apple Podcast app. So if you're listening right now, jump in, give us a rating review. If you're in Spotify, you can actually comment on this very episode. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, Mark? Honestly, it's... Uh, such a valuable task, actually, and we love it not only when our our fans, listeners, and subscribers get in touch because we love to get your recommendations, but it it always helps our show get into the ears of people around the world. And our goal, our purpose, is to learn out loud, and we want to share these lessons with other individuals who are curious, just like us. So by leaving us a rating review by commenting, that really helps the show get out into those ears and the hands and the pockets of listeners around the world. So please, if you're inspired and you're picking up your to-do app and you're starting to time block ahead for this week, you've got the member member mentality flowing, please leave us a rating review because it really does help a lot. Indeed. And you mentioned curiosity and on that topic, Kirby Bryant also has some thoughts. Let's hear it. So, like, I always had that extra chip on my shoulder. So, like, every day in practice for me was really trying to annihilate everybody that was that I was playing against. Because I wanted to prove you don't need to babysit me. Like, I, I'm fine, <laughs> you know? And uh, and so it's always um, um, that competitive nature, the work ethic, and curiosity. Because I asked a lot of questions. You know, playing with Byron Scott, I asked him a lot of questions. Eddie Jones, who was great at chasing guards off the screens, and I didn't understand how to do that. I would sit with him before practice, after practice. Um, Magic, um, James Worthy, Kurt Rambis, Kareem Abdul, all the Laker greats. I would always sit down and just ask him questions about certain games that I studied growing up. What actually happened there? What did you feel there? Why? You know, bird tough to defend. Why? Because you look slow as shit to me. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm missing something. So like, tell me what I'm missing. You know what I mean? And so I would always ask questions and try to learn as much as I could. Curiosity, man. Like it, it is so easy to be curious and discover new things about people, discover new ways, new habits, new ways to success. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, what could you do when you think about being curious like Kobe? Where could you be more curious, do you think, in life? Because I've certainly got some areas I could be more curious. What comes to mind, like, where could you be more curious in your day? Yeah, 
I think that's that's an interesting one. For me, the curiosity itch gets scratched as we dig into our shows, topics, themes on the Moonshot show. But I think the deeper analysis and the curiosity that I'd quite like to build a little bit more is trying to carve out more time to dedicate to practicing some of these great habits and techniques that we learn each week. So I suppose, Mike, for me, the curiosity piece would be from a practical element, a little bit more like a Tim Ferriss approach, I suppose. Little you experiments. Know, learning, yeah, learning these, these fantastic little tips and tricks and being able to dedicate time and energy to really exploring what happens when I spend a full week following that certain ritual, right. following that certain pattern. That, I think, is, is something I'd love to be uh, a little bit more curious with. What about you? What springs to mind? Well, I'm, I was thinking about like curiosity towards others, right? So um, I got a list of questions here and I'll read some of them out. And you, you help me pick the best questions that we and our listeners, viewers, and members can try asking of others. Um, let's have a look here. What does your typical day look like? Mm-hmm. What skills are most valuable in your role? Mm-hmm. How have you grown in your current role? Ooh. What makes our team culture unique? Mm-hmm. How can we celebrate success in our team? Mm-hmm. How does the company encourage innovation and new ideas? What trends do you think we need to study that will impact our work? Mm-hmm. What's been your most report, uh, rewarding project in recent times? What do you struggle with in work-life balance? These are just questions you can ask of people you work with, right? So which of those do you think are you, have you not asked and you should be asking more of? Yeah, I, I, think, there's, I think there's four four that stood out immediately to me, Mike. So similar to what we were learning within our journaling series, the idea of prompts, the ones that you know stand out the most to you, let's dig into those. The ones that stood out to me were skills, what yeah. skills. Am I starting to experience or starting to put into practice? Building on from that, how have I grown? How have I changed in the current role? Or how has my colleague that I'm asking the question of changed in their role? How do they celebrate success? Mm-hmm. And I think there was an idea around rewarding, the idea around recognizing that you mentioned. I think that's also a really important one, not necessarily from a reward ego perspective, but more from a recognition and acknowledgement. acknowledgement. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's yeah. what stands out to me. As you were obviously it's slightly harder as the 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 vocalizer, but as you were reading them out and reading them, which ones were standing out to you as as interesting questions to ask yours? I think it's the ones that are a little bit outside of the normal meeting structure, right? Like, how do we celebrate success? What's our culture look like? Um, I think the things which push beyond the day-to-day and they're more looking towards what can we learn from the past or where are we going in the future, be it on the individual level or a team level, I feel like we just don't make much time to ask these questions and particularly to ask them when there's – it's not like it's a, like a personal review. It's just like conversation, like, Hey, how you doing? Uh, what yeah. could we learn? What could we improve? You know, um, 
I have a feeling that we only get around to those sorts of really structured questions mm. when it's like that annual meeting, right? Yeah, yeah. This, it, this clip that we heard, Mike, and, and this conversation where we're building on it really talks to Michael Bungay-Stanya. You know, this idea of what else, yeah. just staying curious, the idea oh. of whether you're having a conversation with somebody, okay, well, why is that? What, yeah. what is it more about you? But also to go even further than that, just staying curious with yourself, your behaviors, yeah. how you interpret um, certain messages, maybe more aggressive than others. Maybe you're um, less patient with individuals, certain individuals than others. It's that idea of being considerate and listening to others as well as yourself, asking what else to others as well as yourself, that that it's really speaking to me here. Because I think that um, if you train yourself to ask a couple of these questions, do you see how much it uh, unlocks when you, like imagine if we were having a massive meeting of the humongous Moonshots team, all two of us, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, okay, um, like, What's our culture? Like we never have a time to talk about that. No, no. In fact, it's probably this is this is it, Mike. Our, with our with our members and subscribers. Is this the annual our meeting? Is, Mark? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is um, maybe one of our our values, Mike. Curiosity. Yeah. You know this this is our culture. We're continually trying to determine how we ask those better questions of each other and, and others, right? So imagine this if we just said this question, how could we be more curious? How could curiosity help us be better? What could we do to increase, improve our curiosity? Maybe we need to <laughs> maybe we need to start recording daily, Mike. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine both of us turning around to our wives saying, so <laughs> We're going to be recording daily right now. I, I think I think you're right, though. To 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 be um, more curious, I think we are already starting to understand this idea of being curious amongst ourselves, similar to what we learned with our journaling series. And we started to understand this idea from a coaching perspective with Bungay Stanya. I think you're right, Mike. There's there's something else. If we were trying to accelerate the curiosity levels that we have, what would we do? And I think it's really about sharing. I think a lot of the work that we learned from journaling was reflection. One of the key tips then that we previously had learned from Bungay Stanya, for example, was this idea of collaborating and being open with each mm. other. And that was a theme within the Crucial Conversations work as well. So I think maybe the idea of being curious to blend the work that we do on ourselves as well as the work that we uh, are curious about from others is to ask questions. It's to be very honest, open, yes. authentic. I mean, if I take everything that we've learned, we would just ask of each other one question a day hmm. that is randomized and creative and goes to different parts of what we do and see what comes of that. That's how we build the habit of curiosity. I think what I'm seeing here is it's just like the happiness series that we did. Happiness is not an outcome. It's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's a muscle. You need to work mm. it out. You need to have a training program and you need to bring it into your habit system. I, I like that a lot. 
curiosity being a muscle that if you start again, it's similar to any habit. It's a 1% better each day thing. You can start if you, you're listening at home and you think, oh, I'm curious, but I don't really know what I can do, or maybe I'm kind of stuck in the same sort of behaviors and so on. Starting to be yep. that little bit more curious each day. You're right, Mike. It'll stretch, it'll grow, it'll get stronger. Who knows where we'll be in 365 days oh my of God. randomized text each day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now... We've we've learned a lot about these themes of curiosity, of preparation, of continuous improvement. But one of the other big things that's part of Kobe's worldview is your purpose. And this is a huge topic for us here on the Moonshots podcast. Mm-hmm. Mark, and I think you've got one more clip to hit us with. I do. I'm, I've been thoroughly enjoying this conversation already with ideas of, of curiosity and preparation. But you're right, Mike, there is an underlying um, destination, if you want to call it that, an underlying idea. And that is this concept of having passion. So let's hear from Kobe one more time. He's going to give us a great insight into what keeps him motivated and how he really always strives to find his passion. Idea is a very simple one. And, you know, the mama mentality simply means trying to be the best version of yourself. That's what the mentality means. It means every day, you know, you're trying to become better. And it's a constant quest. It's an infinite quest. We talk about so being start- passionate, mm-hmm. being obsessive, being relentless, being resilient, mm-hmm. and being fearless. Mm-hmm. These are the five pillars of the mama mentality. So we'll kind of break that down today. Sure. The first one is, is to be passionate. You know, what, what is that? Uh, is there, is there, a, is there a moment where you can define your passion for the game or was it just something accumulated over time? Well, I mean, you know, the passion came from the love for the game. You know, I, I loved everything about it. Like the smell of the ball. You love the smell of the ball. Yes. The ball, <laughs> you know, the smell of like brand new sneakers and like the sound the ball makes when it hits the ground. Sneakers yeah, in the gym. Yeah, the ball going through the net, like all those things I, I love. And so the passion comes from that because mm-hmm. once you have that love, you just want to be a part of this thing all the time. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you talk about this love, when does it develop? Were you, did you like it when you were five or is it something that kind of no, gradually was two? I was born and I was born to play basketball. You know what I mean? And I played a lot of different sports, um, but nothing brought me the sense of, of, of peace and of uh, escape, you know, that the game of basketball do. Is it an escape when you get on the court? Is that your Zen time? Your, your, your solitude time? Yeah. Even though it's a teamwork game? Yeah. When I need that escape, it's there for me. Right. When I need a friend, it's there for me. You know, when I need to vent, and don't dunk and the mama comes it's out. there, you know? So it's, yeah, the game is absolutely everything for me. Mm-hmm. When, when you, when we talk about trying to get kids to be passionate, I don't think every kid, I don't think your situation is the norm. Not every kid is, knows they're passionate too, mm-hmm. or five, right? Mm-hmm. How do kids find that passion then? Well, right? I, you know, I think it's because parents, you, you, to- you, you embraced it right away. Yeah, too. I mean, I think as parents, we try to put them in different things, mm-hmm. try to expose them to as many things as possible, and then uh, see if there's one thing that connects with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because if it does, you don't have to tell them to do it. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's writing or painting or drawing. You know, if they have that passion, you don't have to tell them. They'll go off and do it because it's just fun. They'd rather do that than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, but as parents, it's our job to just expose them to as many things as possible and see which one they gravitate to the most. 
it's interesting because you, you talk about kids, right? Originally we were talking about you, now you're talking about your kids and their passions. Do you, do you kind of feel that passion for them and, and say, hey, yeah. let's go play some basketball or volleyball or let's go swimming? Yeah, you, we, we expose them to all kinds of, I mean, they play a lot of different sports. They do a lot of things creatively, you know, in writing and things like that and designing. And, and um, you just sit back and you just watch which one they move to. And then it's our responsibility as parents to try to set them up for success as much as we possibly can. Uh, the, he's talking my my language here. It, it, it takes me back to the show we did on designing your life by the two Stanford professors, and they they actually use design thinking for life design. And they say basically, get out there and experiment with a bunch of stuff. Don't just dream about it. Like create a little experiment and actually go see what it's really like. But mm. the bigger thing we can take, be parents or not is our rate of exposure to new ideas and things infinitely increases the chance of finding something you're passionate about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you are stuck doing the same stuff every single day and not changing it up and feeling Mm. like you're not experiencing purpose, passion, and energy, that means that's just a calling to try something else. But it doesn't have to be some radical shot in the dark move. Do little experiments. Do a course. Do an online course. Try something on the weekend. Go on a vacation to somewhere really different. Do a working holiday. Do something different. And that rate of exposure to different things, I, as a parent, would say the number one job of a parent beyond love and safety is the rate of exposure that Kobe's talking about. Give enough great different experiences to your kids and they will find something. Something's going to stick. And it's exactly Mm -hmm. the same for us as adults. If you ain't feeling it, that means you just need to be curious, get out there, try some different things. And if you just persist, something will stick, right? Yeah. And you know what? Even if you're not necessarily in that mindset of trying to find something, you know, you're right, Mike. I think finding passion and changing the status quo when you're feeling a little bit um, as though something's not quite right is, is certainly a time when you can do that. For myself, what's been really interesting and having the ability to have moved abroad and to make new friends, new lifestyles, new habits and rituals, even find new passions, being able to explore that over time and actually run into things that you never thought you would find quite as much, uh, you'd get enjoyment out of something you didn't necessarily anticipate at the start is a real joy and a surprise with life. So for myself, I started getting into open water swimming, I then started to really enjoy, as Kobe was saying, you know, the squeak of the ball. For me, it was the cold water. It was seeing the fish. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you say you enjoyed the cold water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It It became a personal challenge, I suppose. And you'd end up, and maybe, Mike, to be honest, maybe I was trying to brainwash myself. <laughs> maybe it wasn't that nice. <laughs> maybe like you are gotten for punishment, actually. Yeah. Maybe it was just one of those mantras. But the idea of, of trying something new, seeing it as an adventure, and going through it more than once. You can, I don't know whether just doing it once or twice is, is enough. It needs to become a little bit more of a routine or a habit to then stress test it out. I think it can really surprise you, whether you're an adult or, or otherwise, how much joy you can get from something like that. And I think, again, similar to something you called out a minute ago, is that it can be a muscle. 
it can be trained. Yep. So having that curiosity in life to go out and try something new can then lead into that joy, that happiness that you could see from from Kobe's face in that clip as he's talking about the smell of the ball and the squeak of the sneakers. You can see that passion is on his face, and you know we all kind of want that, don't we? We do. We really do. And and you know we have to uh, you know call it out. You can kind of get stuck in a rut. That happens mm. to all of us. That's why these systems, these habit systems are so important. That's why I have a reminder every single day to tell me to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a simple thing. But it, you, you need you need these uh, simple reminders. Just like, you know, writing out your gratitudes is a great journaling exercise. If you just want to feel a bit better about the day, just Take a moment to think about what you can be grateful for. And I've certainly been incredibly grateful for this show, Mark, because the crazy thing, as we pointed out in our hypothesis, the beginning of the show, whether it's Einstein, Carol Dweck, whether it's Jordan or the man himself of today's show, Kobe Bryant, there's a system that the greats use. Success mm. is a system. It's hard work. It's consistent behaviors every single day. And we got a masterclass from Kobe Bryant, didn't we? We really, really did. It's, it's been an absolute joy, Mike. Which one for you, as, as we think about reflecting on the lessons, and the tips and tricks that we found out today, which one is standing out to you, would you say? Well, I'm glad you asked me first before telling yours, because usually <laughs> when you pick a good one, I'm like, oh, I wanted to do that. So it's I know, I thought I'd do that. It's preparation, Mark. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. was the new thing, more so mm. than we heard from Jordan or any of the other athletes. I think maybe uh, Tom Brady had a lot of prep. He used to watch a lot of film. Mm. But to hear how adaptive Kobe was in his pregame rituals, thinking about how he needed to show up for that game, he yeah. prepared accordingly. That preparation, I love that, and I can learn a lot from that. Mm, I think you're right. It was quite a different story. You know, we, we've heard about getting into the arena um, from Brené Brown, the idea of going in and making sure that you, you know, stand out in that space and therefore you can have a, a, a comment when you're in there. But you're right, going in with such a level of preparation is probably something that we haven't necessarily heard before. For me, because you've stolen that one, I'll, uh, or you've, 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 you've outmaneuvered me on the court, your, your uh, flexibility is more I than mine today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go for curiosity. Yeah. We obviously dove quite a lot into that topic today, which, which was an absolute joy. So for me, I think staying a little bit more curious, maybe that 1% each day, what can I do each day to be curious is something I'm going to start working on. So very moonshots of you, Mark. Well done. And thank you. Thank you to you for joining me on this show. And thank you to you, our listeners, viewers and members here today on show 242 where we studied the work of Kobe Bryant and his self-titled book The Mamba Mentality. He was the mamba and the mentality we did learn and it started with this idea of getting better every day even if it's just 1% let it compound over time and what was unique to Kobe Bryant was preparation. Be prepared, be ready for battle and you shall succeed. And as you go through the course of life, you must 
keep at the top of your mind to be curious, to ask those questions, to continue learning, because as you get that rate of exposure to all the wonders of the world, you will for sure find your passion. And that, along with learning out loud, is what we are all about here at the Moonshots Podcast. That's a wrap.